So I'm trying to figure out exactly like how to approach this podcast thing. This is new to me. I don't really do it. Love podcasts. Um, haven't been on any. Listen to a lot of them. But I've been trying to tr- to come up with like a direct format. And considering my interests and my overall ideas and I don't really fit in a niche like when I worked in the oil field I called myself uh, oil field hippie because that was like the only two groups that I felt I could kind of fit into but didn't really I never really fully belonged you ever read Seven Habits of Effective People by Stephen Covey? He, I could be pronouncing his name wrong, but he has this, um, he talks about when you're, every person has a, a duality about them, or maybe more than a duality. You know, you have uh, workers, husbands, brothers, um, sons, you know, if you play football, you're a football player, you're a sports enthusiast, whatever the case might be. But he said every part of that, is, it takes a piece of you to, to, to be a part of that. So when you're trying to focus on a particular idea or who you are, you have to recognize all those individual parts and know that all of those parts play a role in how you think, what your overall paradigm is. That... Uh, when you have such an eclectic taste like mine, I don't know, maybe other people have this issue too, but like I get anxious sometimes. Like I have so many ideas and so many things bottled up in my head and I I can't focus enough to get a direct point across to what I would like to express. But one thing I do know is I enjoy good conversation. I love a good drink. I uh, love good music. And I love good company. And the more I think about these things and these overall perspectives and all this stuff that I get so anxious about, I guess, I realized... Uh, that's going to be my next episode. So welcome to To Be Determined, episode two. I got a lot of good feedback by a lot. I mean, three people reached out to me and told me that they enjoyed the podcast. And I'm going to take that as a lot because that's 100% more than the previous episode. So uh, yeah. And you know, I can break that down and make it you know, 300% more, and I'm pretty excited about that. So episode two of To Be Determined, welcome to it, and uh, this is an episode that's going to be talking about being human, and the weird, crazy, convoluted ideas that come with trying to get day-to-day and do all the things we love while having to do all the things we don't love. So I'm going to do my best best to explain my thoughts, particularly on being human, because it's not really a 
I don't think anybody can really say, oh, we have a, a science of humanity. Even psychology itself is kind of adapted into how humans think. And culturally, it changes. I mean, you know, you look at like what Freud thought. He was considered this uh, forerunner in uh, psychology. And now today, he's not even taken seriously with a lot of his stuff. So it's, I think... Uh, it adapts to culture and it adapts to cultural dynamics. And obviously there are some things inside, uh, inside us that, that are kind of fundamental. And I think a lot of, if you've, if you've studied any, um, theology, even outside of your own particular, whatever it is you study, each book has a lot of similarities on the fundamentals of, of, of being human and spreading knowledge and um, understanding pain, understanding suffering, understanding indifference. And hopefully, I think a lot of them try to bring out what evil is, but I think a lot of people miss the point. Um, so for me... I wanted to discuss, or at least a thought that was in my mind, was that being human, most of the problems that people like anxiety and uh, I guess, you know, kind of thinking about that, I guess dogs suffer anxiety too, to an extent. Uh, we had a dog, crazy little thing. It was a stray, a buddy of mine found, uh, friendliest little dog ever. But man, if we left him alone, he would tear up the house. He would tear up the his kennel. He'd rip at it. I mean, he would he would mess up his teeth because he was chewing on metal. Like that's that's how that's how much anxiety this poor little pup had. Um, but and I guess you know you could look at that very similarly to uh, how some humans are. You know, we might not chew on things, but. Uh, we turn to extrinsic sources of, uh, of gratification. So you get, uh, alcohol, drugs, video games, um, anything that makes you feel a little bit better and helps you forget about stuff that, uh, you don't want to think about. One of the things that I've that they tell you when you're meditating is that uh, experiencing meditation or going through meditation, it's not avoidance of dealing with your life. It's a direct confrontation with the things that you're dealing with your life. So usually when you're, when you're meditating, you're trying to get into the moment. But one of the things that like when I first started meditating, I'd have to, I'd always think about the things, the, all the noise, all the, the clinging clatter that goes on in your mind. You have to get that into your head. You, obviously, it's, and you don't really need to get it there. It's there. You start thinking about it. You think about it. And then you have to kind of find a resolution with yourself, um, an understanding of why you're thinking that way. And then you work on it and you understand it. And then you think about it. And then you work on it, you understand it, you focus on your breathing, you work on it, you understand it, focus on your breathing. And eventually what happens is you you understand what your problem is and you've 
come to this decision now that you're just going to focus on your breathing and you continue to breathe. When you're done meditating, a lot of that understanding still resolves a lot of other issues that you're going on. Most of our stuff is, I'd say, damn near 80%, maybe more, is is a, uh, and I'm pulling that number out of my butt. Like I said, I'm thinking about this just on my own personal level. Um, but I'd say most of what what I think about is more emotional based. And that's what's causing a lot of the um, disquietness in my mind or in my overall life, what I'm thinking and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not like uh, a full... I don't know, the peace of mind that comes with it is more um, like a overall blanket of of how you deal with your day-to-day well-being. Get a lot of that with like being a truck driver. I, I drive from, you know, give or take about 500 miles a night. And the frustration that you get sitting behind a wheel, I try to remember and try to tell myself that, you know, it is what it is. And there's not a lot that you can deal with this concept as far as can I change it? Can I affect it? And most of the time you can't. And once you've realized that, it gets kind of difficult to be upset. You still can sometimes because some people are just jerks and it's hard to get away from those jerks. But it's still not impossible to find your zen and be able to focus on the ability to focus so but that's uh one of those weird adaptations of uh what i've learned through time and how i apply it to my my day-to-day kind of rituals another thing is um one of the uh ideas that that i kind of thought about with this was the stress that comes with being a human is very specific to, to being human. Animals don't think about how to pay the bills. They don't stress over the bills. Most animals, um, I think uh, Alan Watts kind of talked about this. He was saying, you know, when when a dog wakes up in the morning, he doesn't. he's not concerned about, you know, what he's going to do or how he's going to do it or if he's going to accomplish his goals today. He just gets up. And he does the things that he does. So therefore, all the stuff that, you know, humans deal with is very human specific. Therefore, it's human driven. Therefore, it's, uh, you know, kind of our fault, really. So it makes it a weird um, sense of understanding to, to, to kind of get through that. So on that note of understanding what humanity is it's tricky because it's not just simply defined on you know our ability to what we contribute to what we do um, to who we love how we love a lot of it has to do with uh, intrinsic happiness as far as like animals go they're happy being animals so you have to be happy being human so in that understanding is, well, what does it mean to be happy? What do we need to do to be happy? Those are a lot of weird 
paradoxical situations that come in because we find you know being happy means hanging out with friends and family getting drunk some people are happy just getting drunk they don't need to be around friends and family they just like to get drunk and that's not i mean realistically if if your health is in good order and and you're not you know if you're not drinking sorrow away and you're just drinking for fun i don't see an issue with that like personally but honestly you know it's coming from a psychological standpoint most people that are leaning on substance usually have other underlining issues that they don't know how else to resolve um growing up in a broken home a bit there was a lot of turmoil that came from my parents relationship ultimately you know it led to separation and and um divorce more or less actually technically i don't think they actually ever got divorced but you know it was there was a lot of angst and uh at the time if i wasn't fighting with my mom i had a lot of disdain for my father and a lot of that was just because you know i there and this is probably a topic for a later discussion but there's a lot of things that stem from our are uh, the sins of the father so for me um not understanding how to uh my little brother actually states this a lot we were not uh, the the situations that we have to deal with were never example um set we never saw the example of those particular situations or how to make those situations more fruitful so we had to learn from other people and other sources and uh for me one of the biggest things was not necessarily i knew what i didn't want to be i know the hurt and the pain that i saw i didn't want to be the cause of that hurt and pain so i wanted to be different i wanted to and that was kind of the initial step to being mindful because i think a lot of that came from fighting instinctual habits of of how i was nurtured and trying to not follow those habits and uh understand which was nature and which was nurture and all these concepts to being human nature and nurture or nature versus nurture realistically realistically <laughs> is that uh we create what we live within so if you again speaking for myself and uh mostly a masculine point of view duality of uh personifications is another topic at some point that'd be kind of cool to get into with somebody but uh the the concepts that we live within the realms that we operate within are constructs of social agreements that we have put together as humans. We've created the world. I heard something today in an interview with Jordan Peterson and uh, Dan Prager. He said the world will start getting better when you start getting better. And that was a level up moment right there because realistically most of us are fairly stagnant. Um I know I am but i need to focus more on 
the things I want, revisit some of those interesting pieces of literature that people put out that a lot of people might ignore, uh, step away from the global scale of, of catastrophe that we've currently got. It's kind of the, um, the Zen philosophy is that the closer you are to the, the chaos, the more chaotic life seems. But, for example, if you're looking down at the at some ants and there's an ant war, and you're looking at this ant war and there's limbs being thrown apart and heads being ripped off, and I don't know if you ever watched ants fight, but it's pretty brutal. And then you zoom out, you see a scuffle, but you don't see the detail or the goriness of the picture. And you zoom out a little bit more and you see that there's an ant pile. Um, you might see some birds, you might see some other things going on. You zoom out a little bit further and you start to get into the landscape. You zoom out further and you start to get to see the the beauty of the world we live in. And, you know, obviously the further and further back, the more peaceful you get. It's another form of Zen that I try to revisit constantly um, from my particular mindset. Because the more that gets thrown at you, the more you see, especially if you're active on social media, you're going to be bombarded by information. And whatever gets you emotionally heightened, whatever you become emotionally reactive to, that's what the algorithm is going to feed you. All of them, every single one, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Somebody was saying technology is bad. You know, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity. To me, I think... If you use Facebook, I know not everybody uses Facebook, but if you use Facebook and you look at what pops up on your wall using the algorithm side, not the most recent, but if you just click on Facebook, bring up your wall, all those things you see, that's you. Those those responses, those goofy cat videos, those weird animal things, those sensitivity videos, those um, partisan politics, all that stuff is you that's what you react to so the algorithm is actually showing you your own self so obviously it's trying to get you to like what you're seeing but it's not what you can be it's just what you're seeing so it's an interesting technology has played an interesting interesting role in what it means to be human because for me, it's been a very steady journey for enlightenment or a journey for understanding. As one of my Facebook friends says, he says, understanding. Um, the information is at your fingertips if you're willing to actually utilize that information. And that in itself is the scary part about being human. Because we don't really know even more so today, it gets harder and harder to discern truth from fiction or capital T truth from truth. Um, but we do our best. You know, you take that information and try to figure out what you can make of it. And one thing that it definitely you, you can see is that humans tend to adhere to groups or some sort of belonging. They want to attach themselves to something bigger than themselves. Whether it be 
usually politics right now. Politics is the big tribes right now. So you, you see it within politics a lot. But there's other things out there. Other idea, ideas, ideologies. There's a song I listen to that says... Uh, I'm not saying, he says, I'm not saying I have the answers, but too much collectivism is cancer. And I think it's really important to recognize too much collectivism is cancer. Because there is a a collective source. We do great things when we're as a collective unit. It's really our main factor in survivability, I think. We wouldn't, uh, if we didn't have tribes, if we didn't adhere to tribes, if we didn't attach ourselves to people, other people, evolutionary, the uh, evolutionarily speaking, we probably wouldn't have lasted so long. Our ability to adapt is what allowed us to get through, you know, the lions and tigers and bears and stuff. So it's, it's, then you look at like, what we currently deal with, we don't have to struggle to fight to, to save our lives. I saw something, they were, they were talking about that. The, the odds of us dying a violent death are pretty low, considerably, or considering um, what you died from, you know, pioneer times. So, that being said, those struggles are what kept us going you know that's we didn't have the time to sit around and think about what's the purpose of being human or what's the concept of being human or what's the purpose of being alive but there were certain people that it you know they attach themselves to that consciousness whether you believe if uh jesus christ was a an actual person you know he was one of those people, you know, the Buddha was one of those people. Uh, Muhammad was one of those people. Those are all, they managed to find a sense of consciousness in a very turbulent time in history. Uh, so it's, you have to see that, I mean, as, as humans go, we're the only species on the planet that has problems with understanding who we are that has a struggle of trying to figure out what it means to be human. So I think the the biggest complication that a lot of people have right now is is forcing themselves to do anything outside of their comfort zone including watching things that we disagree with, reading things we disagree with. So it's it's an interesting, uh, but it's an interesting, I mean, that, again, that's just being human. I don't think there's any real right or wrong way to, to be a human. I mean, everything, it is what it is. It all exists within this scope. You know, if you're a sedentary person... You're a sedentary person. If you're an active person, you're an active person. But I definitely think that the abilities that we have and the things that we're able to do 
we can definitely venture off into some pretty crazy places and uh, it's it's gonna be quite the journey in the future because it's been quite the journey so far up to this point but uh cheers to the adventure right So basically, to wrap this up, I know it's been a little late on getting this out there, so I appreciate you guys' patience, but hey, that's all part of being human, right? <laughs> so the, the biggest thing, I guess, uh, humans, there's, there's a lot of discussion on whether or not we're a blank slate or if we exist within um, our ancestors' instincts and so on and so forth. And I think a lot of that, you see that hate come out during any particular type of tribalism when people are trying to defend what they think is their culture. And America's an interesting place because we're a melting pot, but we also have a pretty standing culture since, you know, the, the Europeans colonized, you know, the U.S. So that they develop their own cultures and obviously you see a big difference when you look at like the northeast you know and then you move down west to your comedians that have pretty good bits about that but there is definitely uh i had this discussion with somebody about the american culture and people are like well no it's a melting pot no there there's definitely a dynamic to america that exists within america that being said Xenophobia has no place in this country. It's we are a nation of immigrants, so it's as much as people might hate that fact. It's America's a great country, and if people are willing to pay their way and do their thing and and increase money, again, they're just humans trying to be human. And I have no problem with any ideology that doesn't involve violence, as long as there's no violence and no forced hand. I don't necessarily understand. You know, I'm a firm, again, I'm a libertarian by heart. Um, I don't believe that uh, there's any reason that people can try to force you. I think a lot of what the government does right now is, unfortunately, I, I do understand it. I do think a lot of it's overreaching, but it's one of those things, you know, again, humans, we can't... Uh, we can't decide if we want to be free or if we want to be uh, stay in our uh, our tribalistic chains. So it's a weird. Again, humans are a weird, weird dynamic. I think when we start to focus on our individuality a little bit more and try to become more mindfully aware, we start to see a lot of these curtains get lifted and the dynamic for our potential starts to increase. It's crazy when you think about how adaptive uh, the the human psyche can be and, and the human physique and, and what we can strive and struggle through and what we put up with and how and how I don't know what's the best way to probably put that I think really is what what we want to be and how we will plan what we want to be so there you get your 
you throw out an idea, you drive towards that idea, and that's a very human problem to a very human solution. Everything that we push towards is something that we can accomplish on our own. We can do that because it's what we do. So humans are an interesting thing, man. I think I think most of the time when you look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, which has been my big thing, looking back, like how come people got married so young? How come people had multiple wives? How come we had, why did we have slaves? Why did we do things this way? When you start to look at it from an evolutionary standpoint from our culture, a lot of that stuff kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, you get it. And then you see where we are today and you're like, yep, we don't need it anymore. There's a, we have advanced culturally enough that there are certain dynamics that are unnecessary. But anyway, I appreciate you guys listening. This is, uh, episode two of to be determined sorry it took so long to get out this was kind of a hard one to stay focused on i had a bunch of stuff that i wanted to say and the more that i tried to say it the longer this episode kept getting so i try to keep it as short as possible but appreciate your guys' time peace